Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Greetings, Grapple fans. Uh, and after a bit of a hiatus, we're back. And we're better than ever. Don't know the rest of that song, so won't even attempt it. Yes, the Pro Wrestling Index is back. Strutting its stuff here on the AI podcast channel. Uh, Andy Wells here in the hot seat tonight. And joined by my side is the one and only Guy Drinkle. Hello, Guy. That Eric Bischoff song is going to be stuck in my head for ages now. <laughs> Good God. And the worst thing about it is, it'll be me singing it to you. It is. It is. Now I, don't, now I don't... I know the words to that song, but now that you don't know the words to it, I don't know the words to it. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, it's good to be back, Andy. It's good to be back. Yeah. It's good to be back. Oh, no, that's it. Now I've got different songs going through my head endlessly. This will be one of them shows where I just start randomly singing songs. But Welcome to the Pro Singing Index. <laughs> <laughs> the Pro Singing Index, I like it. <laughs> yes, please do tweet us at PW underscore index, your favourite songs <laughs> that you'd like us to sing. Yeah, or maybe not. Everyone will just vote glorious for Bobby Roo, <laughs> won't they? <fucking> <laughs> oh, yeah. Or they, they could sing, uh, or perhaps we could try um, Shinsuke Nakamura's and then we can all go home along ready and waiting for uh, Baron Corbin to come and smash us in the back of the head. Oh, God. Now, that's a segue, that a segue if ever that. you needed one. <laughs> Dear me. Money in the bank. So, come on. We've, we've been away a while, and apologies to uh, to our regular listeners. We have had a bit of a hiatus. Uh, Mo's had his other commitments. I've been on holiday and had a bit of a podcast break as well, I must admit. No, nobody uh, so... wanted me doing a one-man pod. <laughs> the, 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 I said the one-man band. <laughs> I can't, oh, I'm not even attempt to sing that one. <laughs> oh, I've um, just been called the Heath Slater of this podcast. <laughs> so... 
It's been about four weeks since we last did a show, which means obviously there's been something like about 15 um, w, uh, WE pay-per-views. Uh, but the last one was Money in the Bank, and that was quite a significant one. Obviously, it's it's such a big thing. I must admit, it's something I always look forward to. I was quite looking forward to to that show, mm. uh, especially the matches. You know, the Money in the Bank ladder matches. I do enjoy them. So the men's one, um, I, I guess in a way that they were kind of giving out the spoilers that Baron Corbin, you know, could be the guy to do it. Mm. But as with WWE, you know, if, if they keep kind of hitting you over the head with, it looks like it's going to be that this person winning the match. It usually means that it's not. So I think lots of people were kind of expecting uh, Nakamura to win. What about yourself? I mean, firstly, on were you surprised that that Corbin won it and the match itself? How, how did you find that match? Um, I'm not. I wasn't surprised Corbin won it. I'm. I'm kind of disappointed he won it. But the match itself, Money in the Bank. I like Money in the Bank as a match. I think it. It's a real opportunity to change the landscape of of, of uh, whichever shows got the pay per view that year. But the matches seem to get a bit formulaic recently. Like there's always one big spot and then there's a scramble. And then there's some dude who's been out of the match for about 15 minutes who's had like one move to under him. And then he just kind of ends up winning without really doing anything. So it, it wasn't the greatest match for the money in the bank. I mean, we've seen like uh, Kalisto's huge spot from a couple of years ago. You've got the, like original ones where RVD won, where you had Shelton Benjamin doing stupid stuff you've never seen before in the ring. But yeah, they're just getting, they're getting a bit more. Oh, to get becoming that regular, I think you're just used to yeah, ladder I, matches. I guess it's kind of that thing where, when you've seen everything, yeah, it's difficult not to see something new. Uh, if does that even make sense? Yeah, it's yeah. difficult to see something new. <laughs> um, I see. I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was a good match. Oh, I enjoyed it. I, but I, it's, you, you, you got what you yeah. expected, didn't you? Yeah, I'll I tell you what, I, I particularly enjoyed. And it was a shame that they took Nakamura out of the match for as long as they did. Yeah. But in terms of the storyline and his character, I thought it kind of worked well. And the crowd, it was great when he came back in. Mm. Uh, you know, and he got to take everybody out, look really strong. I just loved that confrontation between him and AJ Styles. That, that was Real almost... Cheese. It was almost the moment of the of the night for me, you know, yeah. seeing them two, and it was the crowd was so into it, and it was like, okay, at that point, I'm thinking, right, if one of these two doesn't win it, please, 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 can we have these two in a match at SummerSlam for no other reason than just to see them have a match again? Because I saw that that match that they had in Japan, uh, going back where about a year and a half ago. And it was unbelievable, and and that was before I really knew much about Nakamura. Uh, they blew me away, absolutely blew me away. So I'll be desperate to see them two fight again. Yeah, I, I mean I haven't watched the match in Japan, but I can only imagine we've seen 
I don't think has AJ had a bad match since coming to WWE. He certainly hasn't had a bad one on SmackDown. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Nakamura. It's kind of since he's came up to the main roster on SmackDown. I think they've kind of done it. They've done it quite poorly. But yeah, I I agree that kind of work take him out the match because I think people had that used to just kind of booing Corbin. Anyone um, who was who he affected and obviously Nakamura is quite popular but it kind of got his probably his biggest pop since his debut or since he not his in ring one but when he first appeared when it was the mixed crowd um so yeah I think it I think it helped get a very good reaction for Nakamura but yeah um I can't wait to see them to hopefully have a match I don't know if SummerSlam's the time but if it's not SummerSlam it has to be WrestleMania for me if that's the main event of WrestleMania, I don't, I don't care if it's Rock versus Brock Lesnar <laughs> versus is... Goldberg versus Undertaker. That's the main event. Nobody's going to take that away. That's the main event. Yeah, that, that is that is a WrestleMania uh, worthy match. It really is. I'd love to see it at, at SummerSlam, and it's the kind of thing I'm sure them two could find a way of redoing it at WrestleMania even. And, and then, you know, the, being the way that they are, look to make their WrestleMania match better than the SummerSlam match. So that that was that was something that, that came out of it and thinking, oh yeah, you know, that that's that's the excitement level. And even with and that kind of shows the star power and what they have in Styles and Nakamura that kind of justifies not having either guy win the money in the bank because they don't need to. Because they're already that briefcase to be a star and it's almost like the way that I think Baron Corbin's been built quite quite well really mm. in his time or in Smackdown you know he's, he's had some ups and downs but I think on the whole they're, they're building him quite well as the type of heel that he is and, and it suits his character and it's it's just it adds something to him and there's somebody else with something and and that's a good thing with that briefcase because they've some, they have done so many different things. And credit to WWE on that, they haven't used the briefcase in the same way every year. Yeah, you know they have done different things, so you do always have that possibility that it'll be used quickly, or it could be even used at WrestleMania. So it's it, it's always that storyline in the background, and it's that's the beauty coming out of it. So I didn't really have a problem with them, you know putting Corbin over in that match because the way that it was done it, it worked for me I must admit it worked and even though Corbin with the briefcase as a heel and as a heel champion uh, currently that dynamic wouldn't fit and it wouldn't work in current storylines but it's Jeez, one of them it's just sat <laughs> yeah it's one of them though that it's just sat there for the future and you know that somewhere down the line with a different champion or, or a different some kind of a, you know the where the, the storylines have changed it's it's just it keeps it keeps Corbin relevant and fresh you know as things are going along so yeah I, it all made sense for me mm. I think out of the match there was only two people who needed the briefcase and that was Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin but if they're going to do Sami Zayn properly I think they need to build him rather than just give him a championship, like, they need to build this whole underdog thing rather than the goofy hipster 
twat angle they're going for at the moment, which is kind of weird. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm not I'm not that asked about Corbin getting it. It's I just don't think. I think when you've got a match with that much talent in, it's kind of a bit annoying that the most limited guy there gets the gets the <laughs> W, which is kind of annoying. But from a storyline perspective, you can obviously see why Corbin did it. It's just annoying that you've probably got four, five, five of the most talented guys in the in the um, company with it. Maybe, maybe not Dolph Ziggler, maybe good a few years ago, but not anymore. Uh, yeah, it's, the thing is, it's it, it can be that you know Corbin can be that you know that he gets it. And he's the setup for Nakamura winning it or something like that. You know, he becomes the interim champion, ready for the person who sets it up. Yeah. You know, who, who knows? But there's so many possibilities, and a heel with a briefcase always kind of feels a bit more comfortable than a babyface. Yeah. You know, because that's the briefcase really is a heel type of prop, isn't it? You know, that an opportunist moment. To, uh, to it get Edge's career, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, turning point. So, exactly, it's it can be a career-defining move. So, then we'll see how it goes. I mean, that that was the men's money in the bank. The women's one, it was always going to be a bit more of a difficult match with the different uh, abilities in that one. I've got to say, it, it wasn't a very long, so they didn't have an awful lot of time to get many spots in. But I was... I thought it was a fairly predictable winner in this mm. one, certainly. I fully expected Carmella to win it. I was personally disappointed with the finish of the original match. I mean, we'll get on to the, the rematch at SmackDown. But, I, you know, for such a historic moment, you know, the first ever women's Money in the Bank ladder match, the finish kind of really disappointed me, I must admit. Yeah, I mean it was it was farcical, wasn't it? I mean you've got you've had this year of um, or last couple of years of at groundbreaking stuff for women's wrestling in WWE. You had like you had the horse women in um, NXT, which kind of was the starting point. And obviously, the women's revolution was shit, but it ended up leading on to Sasha and Charlotte having a really great feud and all that. You had Hell in a Cell, which was good bit of a weird ending but it didn't have it didn't have fucking James Ellsworth winning the first women's money in the bank ladder match did it I mean you've got this yeah. historical moment where it's the first women's certain match which is probably probably one of the heaviest spot matches going that's like a scheduled one and you get this dude who's fair enough. He's living his dream. He's in there because he got a reaction, and he's probably selling. He sold a bit of merch when he was taking the piss with Dean Ambrose. But I mean, it, obviously, there's in the dig at James Ellsworth. He's doing what he's been told to do. But to have that as the finish is just—it's just a joke. I mean, it kind of weakens Carmella, which I, I know that's kind of a heelish thing to do, but it, it, it kind of makes Carmella less. Um, important. It just makes it the women's division, which has already gone really stale, a bit shitter. It 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 just it was just a it was a stupid, wasn't it? Well, it was. I mean, look, the logic in it. It was a totally heel thing to do. <clears throat> so in that in that sort of way, you think it. You know, I can see the logic behind it, and that that makes sense. You know, it's a heel thing, but in the context of it being the first ever, you know, if this was like the third or the fourth women's, the, you know, the first year, the third or the fourth year of the women's Money in the Bank, then fine. You could yeah. do it as a different finish. 
but as the first one, you know, and it is, it's this whole thing of the way that the, the women's wrestling has moved on so much in the, in the past few years, really, really pushed so much by Triple H at, at NXT. And, and you've got to give them credit, you know, that there's, they're the people behind this, this kind of surge and this change in mentality on the main roster. Mm. It kind of undermines things. Now, like I said, yeah, as a heel, Carmel is a heel, and it's, it is a heel thing to do. All of that, yes, it does make sense, but it just in the context of things, I thought it was the wrong thing to do, the wrong way to do it. There was other ways to use Ellsworth and achieve the same objective for me. You know, it, it could have been that Ellsworth is about to get it and he gets shoved off, as they did in the rematch, and that provides the distraction that allows Carmella to come in and win. Or it's Ellsworth, you know, pushes someone off the ladder like he did with Becky Lynch and then holds the ladder and it's Carmella that actually goes up there and gets it. So Ellsworth is still involved in it and it's a heel action. But that moment, that all-important moment of the, the briefcase being, you know, taken off the hook, that's done by the female competitor because that's how it should be. It, mm. it, in In that moment... Like you say, the context of, of of what it was, it's it's just a little disappointing. But in terms of the the outcome, um, for me, it totally makes sense. Carmella winning it. I, I mean, the 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 promo she gave on SmackDown after it, uh, that for me, the best promo of her career. It, mm. That was tremendous. Fully that agreed. really was. Fully agreed. I mean, I think it was. Well, I I I thought. Well, I didn't think my guess was Natalia was going to win it because I thought they'd try and push this um, Hart versus Flair angle, but I think they're going to do that anyway without the briefcase slash title. Um, but yeah, Car- Carmella needed it. I mean, her character wasn't... It was kind of stuck in this welcoming committee bull, bull stuff. It was just a bit crap. Um, he obviously got Becky Lynch and Charlotte there. They they've already won it. Um, Natalia good in the ring. Tamina was never going to win it. Uh, yeah, Carmella was the one to win it. And if if she does more promos like she did um, afterwards, it it hopefully she develops because in in ring I've not really seen anything from Carmella that says okay we've got the next horsewoman things whatever no whatever she's she's yeah look, she's she, limited. she is pretty limited she yeah. I, it's clear you know on, on the stuff that they were doing that 24 series and whatnot it's clear she works really hard you know yeah. and she's looking to get there but she's very very you know in the early days very much in the early days and she is quite limited still but yeah she's a good talker so yeah you know, maybe but, in a couple of years she'll be there, but... Her like, stuff again, with Nikki Alex, Bella wasn't the worst, in fairness. No, <clears throat> no. So there, there is there is potential there. I mean, yeah. Her working hard and stuff's great. Look, uh, look at Alexa Bliss as well, I'll yeah, say. Is, yeah. Now, there's a talker and a hard worker, but not necessarily a particularly, you know, particularly good in-ring you know, Alexa she, Bliss she is was pretty a prin- limited. She was a princess a couple of months ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a she's, years ago. she's limited in the ring. She's still quite limited in the ring. Mm. But she's a great talker. She's got a character. She works incredibly hard. Uh, and they've gone with it, and it's working. So, in all honesty, I can see them doing trying the same thing on SmackDown with Carmella. Yeah. Uh, and, and as long as they 
protect her in a way, you know, and they don't have her exposed for too long and the types of matches that she has, it can work. It's all about the presentation. The presentation of Alexa Bliss is getting over huge. If they do the same thing with Carmella, I think it can have a similar success level. And then that builds up to the point where you get uh, probably a Charlotte winning it or perhaps something with Becky Lynch down the line. I don't know whether Becky Lynch needs to do, there'll be a turn involved further down the line for Becky Lynch. Who knows? But I can see the a similar formula. I could see Carmella working in the same, in a similar way to, to uh, Alexa Bliss. Yeah. I think that's quite a good comparison, actually. I mean, Alexa Bliss, I think she's probably a bit more experienced in the ring because she was like feuding with Bailey and stuff in NXT, whereas Carmella was barely on NXT other than being a valet. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. She's, um, she she got the same DNA as Alexa Bliss, where it's it's more sure than go. But um, if you put her in the ring with the right person, they'll have a good match. And I think you've seen that with Alexa Bliss; she can have good matches with uh, Bailey, Sasha Banks, uh, and with Carmella. You've obviously got Becky Lynch, uh, Charlotte, who seem to be working faces at the moment. So they're the two feuds you've got there. Um, Naomi not as good as the other two I mentioned but if if that's the feud they're going to go for you could probably get a decent match out of that so yeah it, it makes sense for me for, Car- for Carmella and hopefully she does progress in the ring because she does have the work ethic and she does have the, the mic skills and stuff so it's just putting the final piece to the puzzle really I've got to say I mean the the whole thing of you know ordering a rematch and I mean it was kind of it was ridiculed you know that mm. there are no rules and there's precedents already being set and everything so it's like how can you possibly order a rematch it it did defy logic but you know that the outcome was the same but for me it was the finish to the match on SmackDown was the finish that they should have had at the pay per view yeah. that's that you know it just should have been that. Try I mean, what about yourself? Again, aren't <laughs> Putting money in the bank match on a on a tele on a television yeah. show rather than a pay per view. It was it was just a bit stupid. But yeah, I, I agree. Eventually, they got they got it right. Eventually, yeah, it it kind of reeks of desperation. You know, the TV rate the ratings are pretty low. You know, here's something to try and spike the ratings a little bit. But Sorry, John Cena's back to save the day. Well, it's, there's plenty of other things we could suggest for ratings, but I'm sure we'll get to that bit. Um, what about the, the WWE tag title? Uh, the, not tag title, sorry, the, the WWE Championship then. I mean, Jindo Mahal defeating Randy Orton as we expected, <laughs> but but this, you know, that wasn't the end of it, you know. God. It, you know, they, they're going to continue. I've got to be honest, I can't believe how cold that title is. Uh, and I, I want to kind of say, though, that, look, I'm warming to Jinder a little bit, and and I think it has got some good reactions in, you know, even some of the crowd are kind of getting behind it as a fun thing. But... Still shit. It's it just... It's still... <laughs> what I still can't get, you know, I... I understand okay you you know you want to make him the champion that you know the an indian first indian champion it's huge there's a massive market everything like that great that makes total sense but build him up don't turn him from jobber 
to WWE champion within the space of two or three weeks because that is literally what happened. He was being farmed out and beaten comfortably by people, you know, week after week. Uh, was it two oh, weeks? Joe two Rob. weeks after Finn Balor beat him easily, you know, he's winning a number one contenders match, and it's it it's just for me, it's it's that sort of presentation, and it's WWE have been guilty of it for so many years, you know, beat people into obscurity over the course of two three years you know to the point where people just don't care and then suddenly try and make you care about them and it's well we've seen <sighs> in the past with like jack swagger for example didn't we where he was jobbing for life and then he got the money in the bank championship uh, money in the bank briefcase and then a couple of weeks later he was cashing in on two of the most over people in the company and edge and chris jericho it's it's just it's just putting you in at the deep end with cement blocks as your feet. And I think we all know Jinder was very, 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 very limited in what he'd done. Uh, and this, the the feud with Randy Orton, I mean, Randy Orton's stale, Jinder Mahal's stale, the Singh brothers are there literally to basically just get lobbed on an announce table very yeah, awkwardly just, so it looks like they're going to die. Yeah, his, <laughs> his, his stooges who take lots of good bumps. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know how one of them isn't in the hospital, so you know the amount of... <laughs> basically, Randy Orton's just flipped them onto a table. <laughs> yeah, Randy Orton's personal ragdolls. Oh, yeah, it's. I mean, th- this is a key thing in there, is... It, Randy, I, for me, you go back... So earlier in the year, and that WWE title getting flipped back and forth, you know, every three, four weeks, I thought that was a terrible booking decision. Mm. It discredited the title. And the title went from being red hot around the waist of AJ Styles, still hot because John Cena had won it. But then Bray Wyatt wins it. The crowd crowd actually popped for him. And it was like, there you go. There's your opportunity for Bray Wyatt to turn babyface and actually make something with him. But instead, they they try and keep him heel, and and inst- you know, and it's Randy Orton who has the you know has this dastardly plan. Uh, he's been formu- uh, formulating all that time to turn on him, and it's like we're supposed to believe that he's the babyface in this. With we then have an awful, awful rivalry between the two. That ends in this, you know, just some dreadful matches. <laughs> really, of, really dreadful. And, and but the outcome of all this, <laughs> but you know, and the outcome of it is the title. This prestigious title has gone from red hot, or white hot even, to cold, absolutely cold, come by WrestleMania, and it's. And it's a shame. And then Randy Orton, yeah, he's he's supposed to be a babyface, and he's not a natural babyface, and he is stale. And it's not helping him. It's not helping the title. It, it just the whole dynamic it is so disappointing. And that title, you know, this, this title reign from Jinder Mahal will be looked back upon in years to come as you know, similar probably to to. <laughs> Like you've mentioned, Jack Swagger, that kind of a title reign, you know, one of the low points. And that's a shame because, you know, the the, the size of Jinder, that whole Indian market, there's real potential to do something. But he needed to be built up first. 
Mm. Instead, it's going to be looked back upon as a real low point. And, and it is, it's a shame because that it's a prestigious title that's involved in all of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, the WWE title is like Divas title called, and that's not even on TV anymore. <laughs> it's, that's how bad it is. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really been a fan of Randy Orton probably since, 2009 when he was booting people in the head for shits and giggles um so yeah for me especially it's just it's just not interesting at all i mean it's been kind of entertaining to see jinder not be as crap as i first thought but the storyline's crap i mean them getting uh randy's dad involved doesn't interest me what one bit i mean all I remember back then is when his dad was interfering in matches, punching people in the head with casts back when I was a bit younger. But yeah, it, it doesn't impact me at all. As I said, the most interesting bit is the Singh brothers getting ragdolled and that's like three seconds. So yeah, th- this this needs to end with the Punjabi prison match, which is going to be awful. Um, oh. are, are, you, are you telling me you were not looking forward to the Punjabi prison match? Made I can't even remember what it is. Made famous by the um, the legendary, the legendary. <laughs> did oh, I can't even say it? Did he? Re- did I really just say legendary? He, <laughs> the great Cali. He could he could walk uh, back then though. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. It's, it's it's it's. I mean, what from vague memories is it something along the lines of it's. The, a cage match with another cage. Yeah, I think it's a cage. It's I think it's bamboo. cage inception. Something it's a cage like within that. a cage within a cage. Yeah. It's it has got shit fest written all over it. It's gonna be awful. And people are gonna it's yeah, you know what, you mentioned the Divas title. You remember when the Divas title was awful and it was just it, it was it was the point in the show where people would go for a break. It was the time to go to the toilet. It was the time to get refreshments. The WWE title at the next pay-per-view will be the time when you go for refreshments and the time when you go to the toilet. I mean, that's how bad it is. Oh, that's yeah. how bad it is. Yeah. I mean, if the US title's going to be... AJ versus uh, Kevin Owens again. That's going to be the main event again. That's what everyone's going to be looking forward to. So yeah, it, it's just going to be outshone by your mid-card title, which again, it's probably gone a bit cold, because, I mean, it hasn't, they haven't even mentioned it, because obviously they had money in the bank, so it's gone cold. Yeah, it, it's going to take, it, it'd actually be better if that was just the main event. I know they'll never do it, but if they give them the time limit that this crappy Punjabi prison match going to get, I think 100% of fans would rather watch that for 20 minutes rather than watch probably Randy just RKO three people and then walk out of two pra- two cages. Let's be honest. I ain't, well, it's you know Jinder Mahal's going to win. You know he's going to keep the title. I, he can't Because he's win. the transition. It'll be... They're not going to put the title back on Randy Orton at this point. Uh, it's going to transition. I think that and, would actually get called, wouldn't it, if it went on Randy yeah, Orton? Yeah, it's it's he's transitioning, and we may see may see a title change at um, at SummerSlam potentially. That might be 
that they may take that decision based on ratings because they're going to head south pretty fast. The only thing I can think of is if Corbin cashed in on Randy Orton, but that would instantly make Corbin cold. So, yeah, I think that is just... It, it wouldn't work as Orton as a face. I think this gender thing needs to lead to Orton turning heel and then turning someone face just to replace him because it, it's not working. <laughs> it's crap. And I don't know who's going to have the joy of feuding with Jinder, but it needs to be someone who can carry him in a really good match. So it's probably going to have to be Nakamura or AJ Styles. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, there's carrying jobs and then there's that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I was just thinking, Jesus. Imagine, yeah, imagine carrying that and putting him over as well. Oh, oh my word. I, I kind of feel sorry for Orton, but he does. He has made a lot of money from this industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's a real shame, though. In all honesty, it's a real shame as to, as to where that title is at the moment. Or where it's been for, you, you, for the last three, four months, really. It, it's been an in a pretty low position for, for, for some time now. It's not been and great since Punk left it, let's be honest. There isn't a bit. It's been, no, it, it, it's, it's been me, crippled by Styles, part-timers. AJ Styles was, was... Yeah, that was a good point. Fantastic runner's champion. It, you know, the belt was relevant. It was on TV every week. He was a great heel. It was... It, it, it didn't need the title change. And then it was the flip-flop, flip-flop, flip-flop. Mm. And as to all, what always happens when you're changing your, your you know, you're flip-flopping that title back and forth on such a regular basis, it's the, the credibility of the title that is hurt because it just doesn't seem, it doesn't have that same magic. The title change doesn't have that magic. No, and and no. it's like, oh, another champion, oh, another champion, oh, another champion, oh, another champion. Well, everybody's been champion, you know. It's who all cares it, about I, I would have rather it was a part-timer. I would rather it have been a part-timer champion, just to get it off screen for a little bit. <laughs> so, well, the only way is up for the WWE title. And I won't sing that one, by the way. <laughs> Yaz and the Plastic Population. There you go, oh, 1988. Dear. Right away, boom. Oh, straight dear. off the bat. Um, just one last thing on, on SmackDown. Um, we, we saw the tag title match. It was... At Money in Bank was pretty good, and it's kind of keeps it's they've been keeping it going since with um, the Usos and New Day, uh, kind of enjoying their bit and back and forth. Mm. But my question with the, with the tag team division in SmackDown is not these um, vignettes <laughs> with the Fashion Police. Um, that is the high point. That is the best point ever. I love see, it. See, I think they're really well done, and they're kind of good, but in another way, I'm dying inside, cringing. Oh, yeah, like, the, oh. the crap, but the fun. No, just that whole thing of, like, <laughs> <sighs> I, you know, I, I, I don't mind a bit of comedy, but, you know, your characters are becoming too silly and too pathetic, almost. It's, I, better, I don't than want... be, it's better than being irrelevant, to be fair. Yeah, well, speaking of that, <laughs> where the hell, <laughs> yeah, segue, segue, that's number three, where the hell is American Alpha? What have, what has any, what has anybody done with American Alpha? You know, what, what happened to them? 
Where oh. the fuck? He fought Kevin Owens for the US title last week. <laughs> oh, God, that was like... No, don't do that. That's like... That so you're making him look like a local jobber. Just like... Oh, my God. The hottest tag team on NXT. Awesome to watch. Bring them over. Do nothing with them. And now they're in complete and utter obscurity. I mean... Well, who- Guy, what would you do with them right now? What would you do with them? Uh, I don't know what you do with them, but I mean, going if you go back six months, who would have thought that American Alpha and the Revival would be the two coldest tag teams in the divisions? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's American Alpha. I mean, I, they weren't they were good, but they weren't my cup of tea. I think the Revival's more my cup of tea. But yeah, they were huge coming out of NXT. I mean, maybe it was too soon for him coming up, but who cares? They're here now and they've, they've gone missing. And the feud with the Usos was good. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the best tag team matches you've ever seen, but it was interesting. But I think this kind of just shows that the tag team division's really thin. Like yeah. the women's division. Well, what about what about this then? Now here's something. We mentioned the fashion police and these things about, you know, their areas being trashed. Mm. What what if it's American Alpha and this is American Alpha turning heel because initially they were heel in NXT and they became babyface organically because they were so damn good to watch that people just couldn't help but cheer them. Imagine, you know, because they've been presented so cold lately, people yeah. aren't so excited about them. Imagine you suddenly present them as these heels who are just so pissed off with being not, you know, not even on TV that they've resorted to this and they're sick and tired of being jokes and all the rest of it. And this is how they they get back on and they get a bit of heat going, get a bit of, re- you know, a bit more relevant. They're on TV and then start having the matches again. And in time, organically, they will become baby faces again. I think I think that's a good idea, actually. I mean, the New Day is probably going to beat the Usos, so the Usos aren't going to just keep feuding with the New Day. So the New Day are probably going to need new opponents, and you're not going to do face v face. So yeah, I can I can see that working. I I, I can see it working, but then you'll probably have the Usos fa- feuding with the Fashion Police, so it's going to be. It's gonna, it's just gonna be some horrendous cycle of whoever's not champion feuding with the fashion police or the ascension. So uh, WWE, you can have that one. You are welcome, <laughs> by the way. I forgot the colognes. Oh, I'm so so bad. The, oh, the colognes, yeah. Oh dear. The colognes. Yeah. The colognes, yeah. Yeah, that's how they've been presented. The shining col, the shining colognes. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the only way you can get American Alpha relevant. Definitely won't go there. <clears throat> right. Let, let's just switch gears slightly, uh, move on across to Raw, and it is... I still can't believe there is actually going to be a pay-per-view called Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, that that is coming up next week. So we, we will actually be doing a preview of that pay-per-view, of said pay-per-view. Um, and only Goodness Paul Heyman gracious. can actually, yeah, only Paul Heyman can actually make 
for that pay-per-view name sound <laughs> in any way interesting. But we, we will do we will do a full preview of that show next week. So we're not going to go too in-depth on this, but just on the way that things have been building up between Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar, I wanted to talk about this because I've been loving this. This is great. This is like, this is how you use Samoa Joe. And I'm, I'm excited to see Samoa Joe against Brock Lesnar in a match anyway. You know, I've always, that's one of the matches, right? As an opponent for Lesnar, Samoa Joe, absolutely Samoa Joe. The way that they've used him and him with Paul Heyman and just talking like off microphone, but picking up, you know, that I'm going to put my arm around your neck mm. and I'm going to, it's going to squeeze tight and you're going to lose consciousness. And that, and it's just, this is it. This is how you present Samojo. This is how you build it. I've been loving it. It It's one of the best repair jobs of a character I've seen in a goddamn while because Samojo was being presented very badly. But since this feud, and especially since Heyman's came in, it's just been phenomenal. It's been it. I know. I know Brock's not been on every week, but it it's made me more excited about a match where I probably know the outcome, and I know what the structure of the match will be. I've just loved it. I mean, Samoa Joe. We. I think most of us remember in TNA where he was just this crazy dude who likes choking people out. That's what they're doing here. But now he's choking out a former UFC star who who's basically got three moves of doom and puts on twenty minute matches where he tries to in, actually injure people, which is yeah. And they're making it interesting. And if Brock is willing to work and we've not really seen a build like this since The Undertaker, it if he's willing to work, this could be Brock's best match with someone that isn't the Undertaker since CM Punk. Which is all we can hope for, really. I mean, if it's up there with the, if it's good as the CM Punk match, it's it's going to be ama- it's going to be amazing. That that's the thing. You see, Brock can work. I yeah. mean, people kind of forget because he's been used so sparingly, and this is the beauty of his character. I think you know because of the UFC that the hiatus and the being in the UFC, he doesn't have to use all the you know his full arsenal of moves. Mm. He only needs. To, to you know, use the the kicks, the punches, the knee strikes, the, the you know the suplexes. I mean, he's got Paul Heyman alongside him. Obviously, you know, it's just like this hype machine. But the suplex, suplex city, and it is like people pop for it, and it's suplex after suplex after suplex. It's it's simplicity. It's the beauty of simplicity, and he can use. Obviously, some of the submission moves. It was it was more akin to that, you know, when he was when he'd first come back. The thing with that that program with Triple H. It's that for me is the simplicity of Brock, the way he's presented, and and what he does in the ring is is part of the mystique and part of the character and why he's been such a success because he's not just another wrestler or another big guy that does all these crazy moves. It's, he's presented as quite a sort of a legitimate fighter, mm. and that you know as as and he's a special attraction, so it works. Uh, I'd I would like to see him on TV a little more often, but not every week. Yeah, because 
then that does take it away slightly. So I, I think I think do people do forget that Brock can work and but like you say, you know, if he wants to, and I think if he's bought into a feud, because I don't think he bought into the whole thing that was being presented with the Dean Ambrose. Uh, Definitely not. Because I don't think I, I'm not sure anybody really bought into that. It was bloody awful, <laughs> to be quite frank. It was a joke for both people, for both guys involved. The way it was presented was awful, and and yeah, you could tell he was not interested. So he's, if he buys into it, and and I think he's bought into this. I do. I mean, the gold, the the Goldberg matches. They were pretty poor. I didn't particularly. It wasn't my kind. The one at WrestleMania was fun, but yeah, yeah, it, it, was, it was crap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because Goldberg is extremely limited, especially at fifty and struggling. But this this could be something pretty damn special. I think. Uh, give them twenty minutes. You know, don't have it as a two minute steamroller over Joe because that'll just mm. hurt him. Give them twenty minutes. Let them beat the holy hell out of each other. And both guys come out of it, well, you know, as absolute monsters. Yeah. And and that is essentially that's what you want. You want your champion coming out of it looking strong. Whoever's got the belt, and whoever hasn't won the match, you want him coming out of it looking strong yeah. and as a monster. And nobody else wants to be facing him. That, well, that's we've what, we've that's seen the in the thing. we've seen in the past with Lesnar matches where some people get really buried. I. Dean Ambrose, like the comeback, the recover, but it's not really the same before it. <clears throat> but then if you look at matches like the triple threat match with Rollins and Cena, them two came out of that match looking really strong, even though Lesnar was an absolute machine. It it do, it can work, and if even if Joe just holds his own and does damage, he's going to come out of this as like the second monster heel to Braun Strowman as a regular on Raw. It, it it could just work. And obviously, Brock Lesnar's best feud in WWE is probably Kurt Angle. So hopefully Kurt Angle's had a word in his ear and said, Samoa Joe's mint, just work with him. <laughs> if that if that's all Kurt Angle's done as this general manager character, it, it could be awesome. It, it could be amazing. And yeah, I, I hope if Kurt and Brock are close that He's had a word with him and said, "Look, Joe can work. I've I've had many feuds with him in TNA. It, it'll it'll be great." It, it, yeah, I, it, I mean, I'm pre- I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that Lesnar knows all about him, and and I know that that Paul Heyman, you know, really respects Samoa Joe, and not just like the stuff you've been hearing on TV. You know, they go back some time. So, yeah, I, I'm optimistic. And and I'm I'm quite excited, but I just particularly really like how they've handled this. I I think this is one of them feuds that they've they have presented really really well. Um, another thing that's another storyline that's unfolding on on Raw and Enzo and Cass the breakup. Um, I'm I'm a bit kind of up and down with this the way that it's been executed, but. The the two positives I've got from this are the the promo that that Cass gave after he'd done it, I, mm. you know the way that he delivered that, yeah, and also the fact that them two never ever in in hindsight this is a positive now that them two never won any tag team gold 
you know, that these Cass has never had gold around his waist while he's been with Enzo. So it's one of them where it probably wasn't intentional at the time, yeah. but it's something that can now be used as, you know, it's that heel kind of mentality that this justifies why I've done it because you've always weighed me down. I've never been able to win gold. I'm going to, I've got rid of you and now I can win gold. And it's, they're the, they're the positives coming out of it for me, but the negative is the crappy way that it was unfolded, like some kind of a bloody soap opera on screen. That was awful. Next week's Jeremy Carter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the way it unfolded was a bit cheesy and a bit crap, especially when they were dragging Big Show and the Revival out to the ring, which kind of killed the Revival's return in this weird... Um, this weird reveal kind of thing, but yeah, it was uh, it was really crap the build up to it. But when it was revealed that it was Cass, and then ever since then it's been the last couple of weeks, it's been actually quite good. I mean, the initial where it's Cass booting him in the head for the first time, it was great. And then I was actually hooked on Enzo's bit. I mean, I've I've got sick of Enzo's stick stick. Um, for a, for a good few months now. Um, but yeah, that that was kind of, that was a really good promo from Enzo, and then Cass obviously apologised and stuff like that. I was kind of bought. I was actually buying into that, and then then he just levelled him, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did think when when he said that sorry, and I was thinking like, oh no, they're gonna drag this out for a few more weeks, and he'll like eventually turn on him again. But no. Uh, just as that whole sucker him into to beating him up and then throwing him, literally launching him down the ramp. I was like, oh yeah, I can I, I can get that. I like this. Yeah, this this is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know where I don't know where Enzo goes from. What this if well, feud, like? he he's not look, he's not the best worker. Mm. He he can take bumps like you know like nobody's business. You know, he's good and all that, and obviously he's got all the moves and he's got the talking and everything like that. So what about him as transitioning into becoming a manager for somebody? I could see that. If Even if it... I could see commentary. I could see the cruiserweight division if they're looking for a mouthpiece rather than an um, in-ring thing, if you get what I mean. Um, if not, he could become an announcer. He could become a commentator. Who knows? I mean, knowing the way WWE's booked, he'll probably end up being Daniel Bryan's replacement as SmackDown GM. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Cass has got all the potential to be the next big man with uh, Braun Strowman, which is kind of a feud I kind of want to see. That'd be quite good. Um, but yeah, Enzo... <laughs> I think he's kind of bit obvious, as you said. He's he's very he's limited in his in ring stuff, but on the mic, if you dial down the whole jersey gimmick, um, I think he I think he could become a good talker. And if he and if he progresses with his in ring stuff, he has a place on the roster. Yeah, I think the um, the cruiserweight one's quite an interesting shout. I think that 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 is somewhere down the line that that's a possibility. So it's. It's kind of intriguing as to what they do with both guys. Certainly Cass with his size and he's shown that he can talk. So that guy has, has got potential then to be used 
and to be put in a prominent position. Quite where Enzo goes, that'll be the the, the more intriguing one, potentially. Let's just hope it's not a uh, a situation with JTG and Shaq. <laughs> mm. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Christ, no. <laughs> Crime but... time, that's the bloody tag team. I couldn't remember the tag yeah. team. <laughs> oh, God. I'm trying to forget. Um, well, I mean, we're talking about you know where people are going to go and you know what they're going to do with them. This is a thing. It's a bit of a, a recurring theme. I mean, we spoke about this before the the pod in that SmackDown has a smaller roster, it has less airtime, so you can kind of understand that they concentrate their show around you know like a handful of matches, you know, and it's heavily around you know a limited amount of people. But you cross over to Raw, and the storylines are even more concentrated, you know, around less. There's probably less storylines, you know, around less people, despite this being a longer show, you know, an extra hour a week on top of SmackDown, and a bigger roster. So consequently, on Raw, you've got a hell of a lot of people who just seem to be treading water or doing nothing, mm. and. They're even turning up on TV week after week, but because they're not really doing anything and they're not doing anything meaningful, you know, there's a, for me there's a real fear that you've got some absolutely first-rate talents there who just sort of, you know, move into this obscurity of, well, almost into sort of mediocrity, you know, where they're just the fans are, are not excited to see them anymore because. It doesn't really mean much because they're not in anything meaningful. And the big one for that at the moment has got to be Finn Balor. Yeah, I mean, Finn obviously was white hot coming out of NXT after the draft he had his injury. And ever since he's came back, it's not been the same. And I've I've only watched like Raw fully the last week. So I didn't even know he was having this thing with Elias Samson, and yeah, it it's gonna be crap. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Finn Balor doesn't deserve this. I mean, do they have too many faces on one show to have a a feud for this guy? I mean Bray Wyatt can't feud with everyone whenever when the relevant people are feuding. So maybe well, we they've need got more. they've got this huge. Huge monster heel on the show, but they're still trying to present him as a, as a baby face, it seems. Although I will say, in the past couple of weeks, with some of the things he's tweeted and the slight change on his promos, I do kind of wonder are, are they actually going to finally pull the plug? <laughs> on turn Strowman face. <laughs> Well, Strowman's <laughs> getting Strowman gets the big cheers, especially if it's. Did you see I'm how hard? I'm not finished with you yet. Did you see how hard he threw him into the ambulance? <laughs> it was that, bloody amazing. That's it, though. That 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 whole I'm not finished with you yet. It gets a huge pop. It gets a huge cheer, and it's like just run with it. Just run with it. That you know, it, there you go. Run with things and Finn Balor. They, they need, they, yeah, they need to do something because this guy is is a unique talent, and 
it, at the moment it, it's it's really really disappointing the way that he's he's kind of drifting off to the side and it's probably it's that whole thing isn't it of you've got so many people what do you do with each of them and you're trying to pair them off but you've got nothing to really pair them off with because they threw them all together mm. and and it's just so much of of Raw is so meaningless that in the end everything pretty much becomes meaningless apart from a couple of feuds and, and it's was- so it, it's it's worrying because Bray Wyatt on that I mean you mentioned Wyatt you know I'm just so bored now of them, them mindless ramblings. He's, he, you know, he laughs, rambles, laughs, rambles, laughs, rambles. Nothing. It's just they're, not, nothing. they're not even in the ring anymore. No, no. <laughs> just free tape yeah. shite. <laughs> and Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins is a guy now that's having that. You know, it's almost like Bray Wyatt. You feud with him, you become a little less special because of it. You know, and there was a little bit of Wyatt and and Balor together, nothing. <laughs> now it's Rollins and I mean, Wyatt. That would, that, would have made, that would have made more sense with Balor, but I would have rather him just put Balor versus Seth Rollins and just went, have a good match. We'll yeah. find something for you for SummerSlam. Just have a good match together. Well, yeah, just even, be a bit pissy. Well, it didn't have to be over. You know, the, you don't have to come up with a, with a soap star you know, a, a soap opera storyline for everybody. Yeah. No, it, it sometimes it's just, you know, it could be kind of angled. You know what, you two guys, you should be fighting for the title, but you didn't win that. Mm. I need to see something. You know, I need I need to see something from you two as why why you know you deserve to be back in that title hunt, and let them two just you know get aggressive with each other that you know I'm better than it, no you're I'm better than you. Fight. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting uh, across the summer with uh, Cesaro because Sheamus is going to film a movie, so maybe Cesaro's the answer to this question. Having another heel in in the mid, not mid card, but upper mid card mix. So maybe, maybe that's the answer. But at the moment, there's just not met that many relevant bodies to have feuds across the board. So yeah, I think. The writers and Vince have just got to go. Sometimes you just got to put two people who can go, put them in a match, <laughs> just have it as a spectacle rather than a story. I mean, as you said, we don't need this soap opera bullshit all the time. No, do we? I, I honestly think they rather than have TV writers, is is go back to hiring some wrestling writers mm. and and go back to simplicity. Have a look at NXT. Look how how really hot some of them feuds were and why they were you know so hot is because they meant something they were fighting it wasn't always for the title but the, the title meant something they were fighting over it you know they they made that Sammy, Sammy Zayn versus Nakamura yeah. random match yes. oh this is the best match I've seen in years yeah. <laughs> well that's it sometimes it didn't have to be about that you just fighting for a spot as the number one contender mm. and that's it they could be that's it. There you go. You're going to fight out to be the number one contender after, you know, for, to to face the winner or to, to get a title shot after when, when the great ball <laughs> Well, it's, this is the thing, you know, you just, there's, there needs to be something. That's the simplicity, old school simplicity. Mm. You fight over something. There's got to be a reason for it. 
but get back down to basics. You know, the, the, you you're fighting. It's not you know oh, this and, and all these stupid segments and you know I'm looking at this and looking at that the wrong way and I'm playing the game and you know all this social media crap and all the rest of it. You know, trying to bring some of this into you know relevance with how how can we get this trend and all the rest of it. Just strip it down, go back to the absolute basics, and put a few of these matches together, and people will just get on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing; they will get on it. People, people watch for the wrestling, not the soap opera. Well, you'd hope so. I mean, bit of a we've had a bit of a rant tonight. It dragged on a little mm. bit there. It's been four weeks. Had some stuff to get off. Yeah, actually. well, that's it. We've got stuff to talk about, but. I guess it's almost like um, like a state of the union thing for us at the moment, you know. Still, sh- still, bit shit. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, for me, it's 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 kind of um, they've done well in some things. They are doing really well There's in some, some really areas. High points. Yeah, let's, there not, is. let's not kid ourselves. But no, the the laws are just vac- yeah. They just they just suck the whole show down. It's like. I kind of don't want to watch beyond that point, but you know it'll get better. But at the same time, it just depresses you watching certain storylines. Yeah, well, this is it. It's it's the storylines, and that's the whole thing. Is there's a frustration in there because some of the stuff that they're doing well, they're doing really well. But this, arguably, they've got more talent in more in ring talent on their roster than they've ever had. Mm. You know, that more potential to have. They could literally put a car together and have like half a dozen, six, seven, five star matches, four, five star matches. You could have the most unbelievable three hour show, you know, a pay per view show of just matches, and they would be absolutely phenomenal. They would. But what takes away from it right now is the storylines. So many of the storylines are so poor, they're so corny, they're so cheesy, they're just so badly written, so badly presented that people aren't caring and they're not caring about people they should be caring about because these are phenomenally talented guys that they've got. And it, that is the frustration is that what they are doing well, they're doing really well, but what they're not doing well, they're doing really, really badly. And it's, and it is a real shame that, that it lets us slide down. But yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, that, that's, that's my rant anyway. <laughs> So what, anyway, it's uh, we're we're just about out of time here. So before we toddle off into the distance, anything uh, that you need to let the listeners know about? Nah, summertime. Pod horror is on a break, even though I've not been on. This is my first one in like a month. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully just more rest. I probably won't be involved as much once Moore's back, but I'll be I'll be I'll be in the background next week for this one. I'll be in the gorilla position again. The gorilla position, I like it. The 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 guy gorilla position. Oh Jesus! There Christ. we go. Yes. We haven't even mentioned the fucking great balls of fire pay per view there, but now we came up with Guy Rilla. Oh God, Guy Rilla position. Oh yeah, I, I'm quite proud of that one. <laughs> yeah, so I well, you mentioned that. Yeah, we will be doing um, full preview of um, Great Balls of Fire next week, and more will be back for that one. So uh, look forward to that. Um, don't forget. 
if you, you are a regular listener to the show and you want to get in touch with us um, on Twitter at PW underscore index, as I'm just reading. Yes, that's definitely uh, definitely <laughs> the right address. It's, it's I remember it's it been well. a while. It's it been has a while. been a while, see. I'm forgetting everything. But yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, um, give us your predictions, let us know what you think. Any questions you want to fire our way, whatever, entirely up to you. But that's where to catch us, uh, at PW underscore index. Um, but yeah, this wraps up this return, this glorious, glorious return of the uh, Pro Wrestling Index, the Pro Wrestling Syndex here on oh. the AI podcast channel. I thank you very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So my thanks to um, yes the holder of <laughs> I can't even say it <laughs> the guy Rilla position uh, oh. the one and only uh, Guy Drinkle uh, thanks to Guy for joining me and Any thanks time. to all of you the listeners out there for listening in and hitting that download button as always but until next week from me Andy Wales here at the Pro Listen Index it's bye bye now. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.